What is the story, you guys? And welcome to this episode of Thought Tigers. We're here to let your mind roar by showing you that you can change your life by changing your thoughts. Bam! So in this episode, we're going to be meeting Larry, a former psychologist specializing in speech, communication, and human development for over 39 years. So a huge amount of experience in the field of psychology and really epitomize the belief of you can change your life by changing your thoughts. And in this episode, he's going to give us three steps that we can implement today to go about and change our lives. So without further ado, let's go meet Larry. Peace. Larry, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. Glad thank be you for here. being here. So, I'm going to try to get this right because I got this wrong like three times before. Former psychologist, professor? Yes. Of speech, communication, and human development? Yes. For 39 years. Right. That's a long time. That's a long time. That's a long time. Yeah. You feeling good? I feel really <laughs> well. Thank you. So, the last time we met, we talked about how if you can change your thoughts, you can change your behavior, no, change your beliefs, you can change your behavior. So do you think something like that since, so my generation now, we'd probably be called the social media age. Mm -hmm. So do you think that kind of a phrase, its actual meaning has changed since social media has become so big and how it's influenced like young people like myself nowadays? I don't think so because even the young adults of today are having to let the social media influence them. So they make a cognitive decision to let that influence the way they live. So if you can change what you think, you can change what you feel. If you change what you feel, you can also change what you do. So do you think it's harder nowadays with social media to actually control how you think? Because I think unless you actually make the conscious decision that you can control your thoughts, basically your Instagram feed or Facebook or your friends. Mm -hmm. I think previous to me, when I was running on autopilot, they were probably controlling the majority of my thoughts. Okay. And that may be true, but you had the a definitive answer in the very first phrase. You said, when I would choose to, to let it influence me or when I would choose to be influenced by that, but it was a kind of choice. Mm -hmm. uh, one of my favorite authors is, named, is by the name of Paul Cleese, K-L-E-E-S, who says, not to decide is to decide. So when we choose not to make a decision about how we feel about something or how we think about something, then we've already made a decision about how we think or how we feel. So you think if you don't make a decision to society? No, you have made a decision. You cannot not make a decision. But even then, if you're like subconsciously don't even realize you're making a decision on something, you've already made the decision. Well, I, I don't understand the subconscious part of that. I don't really either. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what I'm saying is that when we take responsibility for our lives, mm -hmm. we must come to the point and the understanding that we are ultimately responsible for everything we think, everything that we feel, and everything that we do. 
you and I could get into a conflict and you could really cause me to feel angry, but you can't make me angry. If I get angry, that's my choice. I may get angry because of something that you did, but that's my choice. I can also choose not to get angry over that thing. But the decision is always mine. And when we start to take responsibility for that, then we start to take control of our lives. So do you have any like practical tips for ways to kind of get more of a wrestle, like a grip on your thoughts? Mm -hmm. Like say for like a daily basis, like for me, I mentioned to you earlier with the sink where I'll keep washing my hands until I have a good thought. And I just, even though I know it's like totally rational, another thing I do is I pick my face as well if I get anxious or whatever. And I know it scars my face and it's not good for me, but I can't stop myself doing it. It's mm -hmm. like, I don't know, this habit is so deep ingrained. When I get anxious, I pick my face where I wash my hands loads that I just can't reset it. Do you I can't what? I can't reset it or like... I can't reset it? I choose not to reset. <laughs> okay, now we're making yeah, because progress. It's become, it's become habit. It's become a habit. Mm -hmm. The simple fact that you're now aware that you pick your face or you wash your hands when you're anxious also is going to cut down on the number of times you pick your face or wash your hands mm -hmm. because in changing any behavior is changing, increasing the thought. Now you're much more cognizant or much more aware that that's what you do. The simple fact that you have increased your awareness is going to decrease the activity. Remember, change what you think, change how you feel, change what you do. So by changing what you think, you also change what you do by decreasing the, the number of times that you do it. So I, know, I don't know if there's a quick fix to anything, but say you're right, I've definitely decreased the amount I'm doing mm -hmm. it, but I still do it and I feel like I've gotten to a stage where I'm, it's so hard to stop. Mm -hmm. I'm like, is there some way to like jump that barrier from less to like no mass? Like I'm not doing it at all anymore. Well, there is a, the possibility of that happening but remember it has taken you 18, 19, 20, 24, 25, 26 years to develop the habit? Yeah, a couple of years anyway since I've consciously can remember not doing it, at least. So it's been a couple of years since you've decreased the number of times mm, you do it? I don't know when I started doing it. I'd say I started doing it maybe in university, so it's at least a couple of years the habit's been there. Okay. Now, in psychology we would be concerned with what was the activating event. What was it that caused you to start doing it in the first place? Ooh. And that would be true for any behavior that anyone is participating in. What was the activating event? What caused me to react that way or to do that thing? Then if we can understand what that behavior was, then we can understand why we did what we did, we can also decide not to do those things again. So how would you do that for say someone, say I pick my face, there's probably people out there, they get, they get anxious, they reach for a beer, they reach for drugs, Yada, mm -hmm. yada, yada. Bite their nails, whatever the case might yeah, be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Countless. How do you, because they're probably, if I was sitting there now, like I'm immediately trying to think back, when was this triggering mm -hmm. event? Is there a way to kind of scan the archives? <laughs> there is a way to scan the archives. Yeah. But remember that whatever that behavior is, is nothing more than a way to protect the ego. That's how I feel about who I am. So we will do what the human mind will do whatever is necessary in order to feel good about who we are.
even if the feel good is a negative. Like even if it's destructive, like, so it's all to protect our self-worth yes. basically. So bottom line is if negative you, attention is better than no attention at all. So is your self-worth, is that linked to your ego? That's the ego. So basically we do all these destructive things to protect how we feel about ourselves. Well, we either going to protect how we feel about ourselves or to reinforce that we feel this way about ourselves. Because sometimes those feelings are not positive. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a poem, and I'm sorry, I don't remember who the author is, uh, that says, children live what they learn. What does that mean? If a child lives with criticism, he will learn to be negative. Mm -hmm. By the same token, if a child lives with compliments, he or she is likely to feel good about who they are. See, that's one common denominator. Some of the most successful people I've seen either personally or like they're just like successful YouTubers or I don't know, the Tony Robbins. Well, Tony Robbins is a bad example. Mm -hmm. Someone like Gary Vaynerchuk, I don't know if you know him. And he credits all his success to how his parents raised him to feel good about himself mm -hmm. and do what makes him happy. Right. So say you do have a bad parent who is holding you back, who has held you back your whole life. Mm -hmm. How do you start changing that narrative inside your head to kind of basically give yourself that self-worth? Well, one of the things that I think becomes critical is that we have to understand that generally our parents are doing the very best they can with what they have. Mm -hmm. That isn't always a good thing. But if you have never had children and you have never reared a child, there is no instruction book. I don't care what the books, the self-help books are. It is not the reality of rearing a child. Mm -hmm. And so what they're doing is the best thing that they can do with what they have. Our thing then is to understand that our parents did the best that they could. It wasn't always good. So once we get to a point where we can cognitively, intellectually, decide for ourselves what is best for us, every negative behavior that our parents teach us doesn't need to be implemented and incorporated into our lives. There are some children who live in poverty, who live in abusive family relationships, decide, I'm not going to be a victim or I'm not gonna be a victim any longer. Mm -hmm. The simple fact that they make that decision, which is a cognitive decision, suddenly begins to affect how they feel about who they are, which brings us right back to their behavior changing because they've made the decision to make their life different. So I know, just linking in how you think and how you feel, but most of us, myself included, before you told me that, I'd immediately think, I feel this way. It didn't stem from my thoughts, it stems from in here somewhere. Mm -hmm. So I know the example we used before is like, you asked me, like, say if I dated someone before, it's like, why don't you still feel for that person? And I was like, I don't feel them anymore. But you said it's because I didn't think. You decided not to feel that way. For I decided not yeah. to feel that way anymore. For anyone who may be listening to this, mm -hmm. Think about this, because I think it is one of the greatest realities you'll ever experience. If there's anyone out there who is feeling depressed, who is having negative self-worth, who have a negative self-concept, I don't know who you are, 
but I can assure you I know what it is that you're thinking. What is that? Anyone who is feeling depressed is thinking negative thoughts. Mm -hmm. Anyone who is feeling that their self-concept is diminished is only because they put themselves down. Mm -hmm. You cannot feel good about who you are and think negative thoughts about who you are. So the two are interlinked? Yes. Again, if you think it, you're going to feel it. If you're mm. going to feel it, you're going to act on it. So anyone who's feeling that they are not worthy or they're not, they're not, their self-worth is low, start changing the way you think about who you are. I'm worthy. I'm worthwhile. I have value. And if you have to, find two or three new values about yourself each day. So that could be one thing you do every day? That's one thing you can do every day. So wait, what do you mean new values like I'm a... Things that are important to you. Things that are, that give you self-worth. Um... I am worthy. I am capable. I'm intelligent. I am handsome. I am pretty. I am, I am, I am. And don't just say them, say them with conviction. So it's a good way to do it instead of going like... I'm intelligent, I go, you want to go a bit deeper if you want to believe them, so you go, I'm intelligent because, I don't know, this is a random example, I got an A on some test or whatever, or can you just literally say it? I just think a, a blanket statement, it, yeah. a blanket statement okay. is probably better, because anyone who works hard mm -hmm. can get an A, but does that mean they're intelligent? No, not, not necessarily. necessarily. Mm -hmm. They study hard. Yeah. They have good memories. They cheated. Doesn't mean you're intelligent. Mm -hmm. So uh, another way to affirm who we are is to look at positive traits that you'd like to have, even if you don't yet display them. Put them on a mirror. So when you shave in the morning, or you wash your face or brush your teeth in the morning, you see them and just choose, go through them one a day, I am. Is that why, because you know, I don't know if they've gotten big now, in a lot of bathrooms now, you'll see these positive affirmations. Yes. Is that part of the reason? Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Again, if you see it, then you have it reinforced. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so smart. I was wondering why they were getting so big. Yeah. But any time I'd place. go into someone's bathroom and I'd see them, I was like, oh, I feel good. <laughs> I was like, I don't feel that good after we normally. <laughs> So that's one way that Definitely. people like me, who I would consider myself to have bad self-worth, like I'm sure a lot of people do. So say I get up every morning and I say I am like three things. Mm -hmm. So like I am intelligent, I am kind, I am a good person. Should you try to do three different ones every day? Or... Well, you, you might do the same three um, for, for the week. Mm -hmm. Because the more you say it, the more likely you are to believe it. Ah, uh, so keep reinforcing this. Yes. Ah, that's a, I didn't think of it that way. Yes. Remember habits yeah. don't just come and go. It takes a while. You have you to know? drill them in. Generally 21 days. You believe it's 21 days? Any behavior that is practiced consistently 
over a 21-day period will become a new habit. Mm -hmm. But you don't ever give up a bad, an old habit without instituting a new one. Oh, okay, so, so... If you give up nail biting... You have to fill it with something else. Yes. Mm. And be careful that you don't start smoking. <laughs> that you don't start eating or biting on straws. Don't start doing some other kinds of things that you really don't want to be a part of the behavior. Mm -hmm. Because again, it's, it becomes a new behavior. It didn't say it's a better behavior. It's just a new behavior. Actually. One of the things I would want you to change in your behavior, rather than talking about you and saying so many other people do it also, what other people are doing is not important. You generally say that, in my opinion, to give yourself credibility for being able to do it. Even the negative thoughts. You know, when other people have felt like me, have come up with uh, bad parenting, for instance. But a lot of people have done that. The fact that a lot of people have done that is not important. What's important is that you do that. So we try to use that other people do it as an excuse? No. As an okay that it's okay to do it because a lot of other people do it too. Uh, but that doesn't make it better, doesn't make it right, doesn't make it good. So just acknowledge who you are and the way that you are and then move from there. But how do you deal with then like all these social pressures? Like say for instance, I want to cut back my drinking, but then I start cutting back my drinking and my friends are going to think I'm a loser because I don't go out as much. So what's important to you, that you're drinking or that your friends see you as a loser? What's more important to me? Mm -hmm. In terms of if I give up drinking or mm -hmm. my friends giving up the drinking? Then the, the friends seeing you as a loser really isn't that important mm -hmm. in the whole scheme of things. No. Because at the end of the day, well, your friends get liver damage mm -hmm. um, from the drinking. Possibly. They keep going no, like no, that. No, 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 no. Well, they get your liver damage from drinking. My liver damage? Yes. What do you mean? If I'm your friend yes. and I say, come on, James, let's go out. Let's drink. You said, no, I don't want to. Mm -hmm. And I went, you're just a loser. Who is going to suffer the most from the drinking? You or me? Them. Very good. So it doesn't make any difference. Your physical health is going to be better. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Regardless of what I call you a loser or not. But then there's another aspect I see in a lot of parents that they, I don't know, so you're obviously a father, mm -hmm. that other parents will try to mold their kids a certain way to make themselves look good in front of other people. Well, again, we only want to make ourselves look good in front of other people is because we somehow feel unworthy. Okay, so it stems... It's that, it's that same negative self-worth. I don't have to try to make, look good to you. Mm -hmm. I'm good without you. I don't need to look good in front of the public. I am good in spite of the public. See... I didn't want to do this, uh, and what this is, I didn't want to um, make this um, an ethnic, ethnic issue. Mm 
But see, there's nothing in my background that says that I should be a quote-unquote successful individual. Because you're African-American. Because I'm African-American. Mm -hmm. I was born prior to civil rights being enacted. Mm -hmm. I was reared uh, to drink from colored-only fountains. Really? I wow. was reared to go into bathrooms that were marked for coloreds only. Um, when we ordered a hamburger at the cafe downtown, we had to go to the alley, order it, and wait until it was delivered out the back door because we were not permitted to go inside. And yet here I am interviewing an Anglo. An Anglo. <laughs> That's okay. a nice term. Um, and feeling okay about that and not feeling angry and hostile toward that. And I, I say that because I was born and reared in Greenville, Texas. Mm -hmm. And in the entrance to the city, you know, where most cities say, welcome to Greenville, welcome to Garland, welcome to Richland, welcome to Richardson, welcome to Dallas. The sign over our town said, welcome to Greenville, home of the blackest land, the whitest people. The blackest Does land. that mean it was a very racist town? Pretty clearly. <laughs> Let's see. If the sign said, the blackest land and the whitest people. Pretty racist. I would say that's pretty <laughs> racist. They basically put it on a billboard that they're racist, yes. essentially. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I never went to an integrated school until I went to college. So it was just black people? Only black people. However, the law said you couldn't say all black, so you said predominantly black. But there's no one who was not black in my high school. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but I will, I will tell anyone we were separate and in many degrees not equal. But when I left my high school and went off to college to A&M, I did not have any difficulty achieving there because of the quality of education I'd received in my all-black high school. So you never let these beliefs that you're just another black kid... And I'll never amount to anything. That's why I said there's nothing in my sociology that says I should be, but my parents drilled into me that I was capable, I was smart, I was intelligent, I was kind, I was loving, I was thoughtful, and I grew up thinking that and believing that, and therefore I acted on that because I thought it, I felt it, and therefore I did it. So when things were presented to me that would have been a challenge, in a lot of ways, I saw it as an opportunity. Like what would be an example? I, rather than rebelling and being belligerent because I couldn't go into the cafe and order my hamburger at the counter like everyone else who was white, um, I had to go to the back door. I realized that that was just the culture of the day. But I did not realize or did not think that my life was going to be relegated to that kind of culture for the rest of my life. I knew what I had to do was get a good education, 
get it quickly, excel, and then I could become anything and everything that I wanted to become. So that was my, my reason for being. Because I feel like a lot of African Americans now, well, you'd be able to speak about this better than I do. The kids get caught in this like vicious circle where say like, like we talked about earlier, the parents have their whole lives been told, you can't do this, you can't do this. So the kids get told this and they just get up in this vicious circle. Like a lot of African-American kids can't go to college. So they might end up in, I know this is generalizing a lot, but yeah. you have the, you see where I'm coming from though. Well, again, remember we're talking about changing behavior by changing your thoughts. Mm -hmm. If you don't buy into the negativism, if you don't buy into I am less than, if you don't buy into it because I'm black, I'm not capable, I never questioned that. I knew I was as good as, and honestly, I felt I was better than most people that I had an encounter with. Do you think you could have had that belief about yourself if your parents were not as... Oh, I don't think so. so no, that was a gift my parents gave to me that just kept on giving. So for people who don't grow up like that? They too can obtain that. It's more difficult. It need not be the parent necessarily. There has to be someone who is a very strong positive influence in that child's life to cause him or her to feel that they're capable. I was fortunate. I got it from my parents, but I also got it in the church. I also got it in the school. I also got it in my neighborhood. Um, I, I didn't do some things because my family name was important. Mm -hmm. And I was not going to cause embarrassment to them. I was going to disappoint um, my parents by behaving unseemly, you know, acting out and being um, a troublemaker. Um, I wasn't going to do that. My parents deserved better than that. So you think, okay, say you don't grow up with amazing parents like you do. I know one thing like that finally gave me the balls basically to start doing this. I mm -hmm. just started to listen like on podcasts or YouTube to people I wanted to be like. Mm -hmm. And then by getting that and then surrounding myself with people who were good people and start cutting out, I don't know if I call it dead weight, but bad influences in my mm -hmm. life, you can immediately just start the wheels start turning like this gets going. Other parts of my life just start Uptaking. So mm -hmm. you think a good way to do it would be just like things like that, YouTube, podcasts, and then just consciously choose people who are good for you to be around? Right. But again, there are some podcasts out there that are just as negative as there is the positive ones. Mm -hmm. So again, it's a matter of making the decision of which of them are going to have the greatest influence in your life. Someone is listening um, to the racist um, podcast. It's not White supremacy. Podcast, but it definitely is something like that. Yeah. yeah. Some people are doing those kinds of things because that's ascribing to or supporting an ideology that they already exist. And so they're just having it reinforced or supported. It's good to know that there are some individuals who are willing to give people an option to say, have you thought about this? Have you thought that you can be different than you are? Not just say, I want to be different, but then have some strategic plans of being different. 
reinforcing how I feel about who I am, finding those positive attributes that you have and reaffirming those daily, being with people who are going somewhere. Um, I have all these quotes in my head and I can't remember in the world for who said them, but if, if I don't have a plan to go to a particular place, then wherever I end up is okay. That is insane, in my opinion. So if you don't have an idea of where you want to be, where you end where up, you end up is okay. If then it's not your choice when you where you end up, is exactly. it? Exactly. Well, it is your choice. Well, you chose, but you're letting other people choose where you go. No, no, no. No. Remember what Paul Cleese saying? Not to decide is to decide. We are always the one who makes the decision. I decide to be a positive person or I decide to be a negative person. Mm -hmm. I can have all kinds of negative situations and circumstances in my life, but I'm the one who decides how those things are going to affect me. Adolf Huxley said, bad things happen to people. And it's not the fact that bad things happen to people. What's important is what we do with the bad things that happen to us. How we react, how we respond to those bad things. Do you feel like it's a straight choice, either like let them define who you are or you let them destroy you? Mm -hmm. Very good analysis. Um, and it all boils down to you just making that choice. Mm -hmm. yeah. It boils down to the very first line that you decided that you want to be the central theme or the focus of this cast. And that is change what you think, change what you feel, changes what you do and only you are in control of what it is that you think only you are in control of what you think it's a hard thing at times it is it is definitely true it can be hard at times to cut out the noise though I feel like with obviously I mentioned social media is huge mm -hmm. now and you feel like you're just bombarded all the time by different opinions. Right, but you can decide which of those opinions have value to you or not. Which of them are leading you and pushing you, directing you to where you want to be, and which of them are impeding you from getting where you want to be. Whichever one you choose to listen to is strictly your choice. And why do you feel like people, like one thing I've noticed about American culture is like, you're Republican or you're Democrat. You're not in the middle, like, and people are so stuck to their beliefs, even though they might admit, like, some of them are right, some of them are wrong, mm -hmm. but they're, like, staunchly, I'm a Republican, I don't support this. Mm -hmm. like, why do you think people stick so regimentally to what they believe? I, I believe that many people have this political um, bent, one way or the other, because of what it is that I think they think the... Um, the party provides for them. The ideas, um, the, uh, the concepts, the moral values or the lack of moral values that are a part of each party. I don't understand that because uh, there are some individuals who are members of the Republican Party that I admire and respect. There are some members of the Republican Party that I abhor Okay, 
there are members of the Democratic Party that I admire and respect. But there are some things in the Democratic Party that I abhor. So um, unfortunately, you're talking to one of those individuals who's neither Republican nor Democrat. It depends on where the individual stands on the issues that are important to me. And that is life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I believe everybody has the opportunity or should have the opportunity to pursue what it is that makes them happy, but not at any cost. So if you were to tell, so obviously 2020 is around the corner. Mm -hmm. So we're going to have obviously, we're going to have extreme, I don't know if you'd call extreme lefts, Bernie Sanders, we're going to have Trump's, Beto's, Joe Biden's probably going to be in it. Mm -hmm. So if you were to tell people to focus on, could even be those three things, like people going to the polls, if you were to advise them what they should be thinking about when they're voting, what would you advise them? The one thing that I think we have failed to remember is that all of us are here that we might be a benefit to everyone else. We must dismiss this very selfish, we must dismiss this me, narcissistic attitudes, and really look at what is in the best interests of the greater good. But when we're so focused on what I want, in spite of what you want, then we're going to be at each other's throats um, for the rest of our lives. So you think people should look more at the bigger picture? How oh, yes. This yes. kind of is going to help right. everyone. What's, what's going to be the best for all of us? Mm -hmm. you know? we, could have, we could have a segment of people. And so let's say that we, what we're doing and what we believe in is going to help 30% of the people. You've got to remember there's 70% out there who is not being benefited. Do we want to help 70% and have 30%? be discontent or do you want to help 30% and have 70% discontent? I don't think it takes a mental genius to decide what the best choice there is, mm -hmm. but we got to give up what it is that we want. That is our own selfishness. That's the cost. Yes. But it's a worthwhile cost. Oh, I think, yeah. Remember, I want life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, but not at any cost. I don't want it just for me if indeed it's going to cause you pain. Oh, so that's the real meaning of that phrase? Yes. So I want all those things, but not if it means that I have to step on your toes exactly. to get them. Okay. If I have to destroy you to get it, it isn't worth it in mm -hmm. the long run. So, Larry, at the end of the show, I like to ask if you had to put one phrase, sentence, whatever, write it on people's bathroom mirrors that they would see every morning and every morning they wake up and every night when they go to bed, what would you like that phrase to be? If you're not going to have, if one was not going to have a list of affirmations or positive attributes that he or she has, there's the one phrase I would probably have posted on the mirror, um, I am somebody, I have value, and I have worth. That they would see every day in the morning and every evening. 
because the more we think that, the more we're going to believe it. If we're going to believe it, we're going to start to feel good about who we are. If we feel good about who we are, then we're going to start acting in good and comfortable ways. Do you think that's very important? Do you start thinking like that at the beginning of your I day? I think it's absolutely critical because it's going to define the rest of the day. So you think how you start your morning is huge? Without question. Yeah. Without question. So you think people... Positive thoughts bring about positive results. I like that. That's good. Positive thoughts bring about positive results. And on that note... <laughs> Thank you, Larry. My pleasure. I know if anybody, if you ever want to reach out to Larry, please comment below. I'll try to get his, your questions to him. And as always, thank you, Larry. My pleasure. Thank pleasure. You please, guys, if you enjoyed the content, please like and subscribe. And I will see you in the next one. Peace.